You hear it, you know it. It's that time of the week again. Welcome to your weekly dose of monkey business. As always, I am your host. My name is Chris. With me, as always, perennial, perpetually, indefinitely, the legend Billy. Oh, hi. Hi, Billy. Hi. And we have Tanya. Hi. And our producer Sherry's in the house today. Hello. And our very own Rosenfern and Gilden Plants. Yay. Did I get that right this time? Gilden Plots. Gilden Plots. It's Zach and Robert in the <laughs> house. Allegedly, two peas in a podcast. Yeah, two peas in a podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's our spin off show. That's your spin off show. It's gonna be, uh, we're going to be airing it probably in a couple of months. Probably in the new year, we're going to start a spin off show. Yeah, that'll last an episode before, <laughs> before the Well, if there's a lot of Rob's puns, then yeah. It yeah. Would no, last I very think long. that would be the, the draw. Yes, Rob's puns. No. I don't know if he can. Ha- no. I don't think he can I, keep that going mm-hmm. for an hour straight, no. though. I don't know. That oh, I be, think he could. We'll have to. We'll have to do a test run of that to see what's going no. on. So we here we are in the 16th floor of the WFC3 studio, staring out at a, a blustery fall day, and uh, we have some friends in the in the uh, the studio with us today. First things first, a little pieces of business. We just want to give some shout outs to our friends and family, and our sponsors. Uh, as always, we uh, getting a lot of love from Knox. Craft Cocktails and Comfort Foods at the Village Gate and their uh, sister shop, the uh, the Salinas, the greatest Mexican restaurant in the Monroe County area. Uh, also, at this point, you will have seen all of the announcements. We are now on Patreon. www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. If you like us, if you want to support us, if you want to see us grow, please feel free to stop by, take a look at what we've put together, and, uh, and consider giving us a donation or some sort of a subscription to keep making the monkey business happen. Uh, And if you're interested in sponsoring Flower City Comic Con or advertising in our program, you can reach out to us through sponsorships at fc3roc.com. So that's the business. Then we're going to be moving on from there. We've we've gotten this, this ship to the point where... You know, we've built it. We've got people doing jobs and having a great time and building things and making things happen. Now we need just need fuel in the tank, and, and that's going to be your love and support and backing. And so uh, if you love us, help us out. Moving on. In the studio today with us on our interview series is none other than Chris Palace. i got a great write-up here. Chris Palace is getting a little round of applause. Thank you. He's a dad, a husband, a writer, game designer, professional artist, amateur cook, and intermediate juggler. His own father once observed, there's the easy way, the hard way, and the Chris way. I think that's synonymous with the name Chris because that's very, <laughs> yes. it feels very familiar. Yeah. The Chris way the intends Chris to be corner. easier than the easy way, but it's almost always harder than the hard way. While admitting that this is true, Chris would like to point out it's the journey that he enjoys. Chris own, co-owns Bent Castle Workshops and produces top-notch games and playing cards and is currently writing and illustrating Joey and Johnny the Ninjas for HarperCollins. He also has a design company and creates whimsical fairy doors, of which Tanya owns a TARDIS door. I do. And uh, that's that's like a mandatory piece for uh, any Doctor Who uh, fans collection. So in the studio, Chris Palace. Hi, Chris. Thanks Hi. for joining us today. Glad to be here. Awesome sauce. Oddly enough, after this, I have to go make more TARDIS doors. <laughs> okay, so my daughter and I, we want one of your Sherlock doors, but mm-hmm. there's a mistake in it. Uh-oh. Oh, no. The, the knocker is supposed to be... Askew. <laughs> it, it, sometimes it's a symmetry it's, thing. It's the, the, the spirit of the idea than the literal interpretation because if we left it askew, it would bug 
everybody who wasn't you. <laughs> That's it. See? And, and it's just signifying that that particular time, Mycroft is visiting. He's visiting, yes. That's all you need to know yep. at this point. Chris, as I was saying, you know, when we were doing the pre-show stuff, I always love these interviews. They give me a chance to kind of get into the the author, the blogger, the writer, the creator's heads. Um, I've I've kind of treated these interviews as a chance to have an origin story moment, like you know, which is phenomenal for us comic book geeks. So my first my first question is is how did this all start for you? Where where did you realize that this was that that you had that connection to the art to the to the creation? Um, my my earliest memories are drawing trucks with too many wheels. Okay. I used to just draw trucks, and I didn't stop drawing wheels until I hit the back of the truck. There you go. Uh, and from there, I was always drawing any chance I got. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed it. By the time I was eight, I was convinced I was going to be an artist when I grew up. And and that's that's a good. Now, how old is your your son who's behind you? He is eight. You are eight. So this is right about the moment where lightning's going to strike, buddy. Don't be scared. It's all good. Whenever whenever the the idea of of creation. It enters your head, roll with it, with as many wheels as possible. I'd like right. to point out that I didn't know I'd be making fairy doors when I was eight. Okay. <laughs> so, How did that come about? Um, uh, that's that's a, a weirder story, but it's it's kind of makes sense. My wife was getting into doing clay work mm-hmm. just before we got pregnant. And um, I say we, like, you know, it was my job. Yeah. Um, well, you and, you uh, did have and, a hand in it. Well, maybe not a hand. But, uh, <laughs> and, then, Child. and then we, we Child in the studio. stopped that's as far as I go. Uh, exploring um, uh, pottery after uh, she got pregnant. She just didn't have the time. Uh-huh. She wasn't a great time to be using a kick wheel. And um, she had been making these tiny little fairy houses. Mm-hmm. After our son was born, we had a friend who was at the Sterling Renaissance Fair, and he was going to quasi-retire, and he wanted to see if we wanted to take over his booth for a year or two. Okay. And with literally a month and a half before the fair started, she looked at me and said, husband, you're creative. Make something that we could sell at the Ren Fair. <laughs> oh, good. I grew up here, and I think our now, at that point in time, two-year-old son would uh-huh. also have a fun time growing up here. Mm-hmm. And so I got together with uh, um, my partner, Kevin, and we kind of uh, said, well, what can we do? And I said, I'm not going to make a whole house, but if mm-hmm. I take her idea of the fairy homes and I just build a door, mm-hmm. whatever you put the door on becomes the fairy home. Nice. Be it your wall or a tree outside or you know, the side of your car, whatever you put it on. That is uh, phenomenal. I love that. And the weird thing was I was working on making fairy doors <laughs> out of wood. That didn't really work out, even though you'd think they should be made out of wood because they weren't very weatherproof. Mm-hmm. At the same time, completely unrelated Kevin was working on an experiment where he was just cutting plastic uh, with a bandsaw, and he didn't have a goal, but he found out that when he cut it, it made the plastic look like wood because he was cutting on a bandsaw. It left a toothy grain on it, like if you made oh, a okay. veneer. All right, so it had texture. And so he's like, I got this interesting plastic that's made out of, that looks like wood, and I'm like, I need something that can survive in the elements, and we kind of took the, the research he was doing mm-hmm. and, and the idea I had, which wasn't even my idea because it was inspired by my wife's idea, and we all kind of came together and started producing fairy doors. Planetary alignment moments. Mm-hmm. I love those. Those are like my favorite things. That's this podcast, for instance, is a planetary alignment with all the people we've got here. Um, so yeah, this will be our eighth year at the Ren Fair. That's and phenomenal. At this point in time, Fairy Doors is ninety-five percent of what I do. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's really kind of become your 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 thing. It did. That's amazing. And then you and I met at the Ren Fair. Yes. Way back when in the day. Yeah. 
I, I haven't been there Sterling on a regular basis in a very long time, but uh, I do remember. I always wondered because yeah, we I know you from Red Fair too, mm-hmm. long long time. Um, Karen Becker used to make little mm-hmm. fairy doors and hide them around the fair. Yes, and I was I always wondered if that had if that was any part the, of your. The, the funny thing is, she made them, um, and then the first year that she put them out. I was uh, sitting around and I, I broke out some magic markers and I drew a bunch of paper fairies and cut them out. And then before she got there, I taped all of my paper fairies <laughs> behind her little fairy doors. So that, I mean, we knew Karen for, you Ever. know, yeah, forever. Saw so, you never saw the fairies <laughs> inside? That's awesome. Well, they were paper. So it took yeah. exactly one rainfall or one tug of a child's hand. And, they and that was that. Well, I was, I was <laughs> but, uh, um, and now we're over the hill. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, a whole uh, different podcast. That that is definitely floating around back there. You know, we still uh, we still see Ed uh, at the fair, and we yeah. actually get together for what we call Gypsy Thanksgiving. Yep. And mm-hmm. so we see Ed all the time. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. See, those those are the things that make everything unique. That Karen it, was it, the one who actually introduced me to Chris. No. Yes. Yeah. She was so. our storyteller. Yes. We miss her very much. Very much. Think think about her often. Uh, so tell me about Bent Castle Workshops. Uh, that was uh, shortly. Funny thing, that's also a Ren Fair connection. Okay. <laughs> the the person whose space at the Ren Fair I eventually wound up taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Ben Crenshaw, and he was a jeweler and a rune reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he he was selling in the front. I was helping out with with Tina, who was reading tarot at the time. And we kind of just became friends, and we both realized that we had this graphic design illustration background, and we both loved card games. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of started talking. We'd only see each other from June until August. And then, thankfully for the internet, we just continued to communicate via email. Right. And eventually said, you know what? We could put our talents together and make something. So in 2004, uh, I took a risk and kind of quit my day job and uh, sat down to start making uh, uh, our first card game. And we released it in 2005, and it was called Scallywags. Okay. Good game. The the, the pirate one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, ha- I have played it. Cutthroat. Cutthroat adult pirate game. And by adult, I don't mean porn. I just mean not for kids. <laughs> it's it's what we call a tears game. Sometimes right. if you, you got to know who you're playing with because they can be tears. Uh, and, not and, tears as in uh, tier one, tier two, tier three, tears. Like the tears running down your face. <laughs> the tears running down your face. It's just like every gaming session. Yeah. Potentially we're, tears. We're still lifelong D&D players. And so we understand what tears at the table means. So. so yeah, we still have we we still we actually know people that we like flat out warn. It's like okay, not, not a game for you. Let's play Numbers League. Numbers League, we're all kind of working together. Now, did, did Numbers League come after Scallywags? Was there any other intermediary steps? Um, no, Numbers League was basically the next thing we jumped onto okay. after uh, after Scallywags, and mm-hmm. we kind of did that in two thousand. It was released in two thousand five, Scallywags, mm-hmm. and then we did some promotion and design work for a while, and we kind of started figuring out, oh, no, we can make things, but now how do we support things? How mm-hmm. do we make a business out of it? Right. And uh, and then we started to work on Numbers League probably in 2006. It was released in early 2007. Right. I remember when, when it unveiled, because I, I immediately got a set for my kids, yes. and, and, and they wore out the first box, and we had to get another one. I know that's that's hard for you to hear. Yeah, that's and uh, <laughs> and then we have me. the expansion. <laughs> yeah. And so tell us a little bit more, because I know what it is, but okay. tell, tell our, our listeners a little bit more about what Numbers League is all about. Uh, Numbers League is a card game, and the funny thing is we built Numbers League <laughs> by accident when we were building Scallywags. Because okay. behind any game that you play, there's a, 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 like a mathematical basis of keeping mm-hmm. the game fair, keeping the game regulated, unless it's a storytelling game. Uh, and so we were kind of 
constantly saying, how do we balance out scallywags? How do we do this? How do we do that? Oh, this chance of this probability, that chance of that probability. Oh, you're going to do this. And we just do game test after game test. And for us, the designers of the game, we didn't have fancy pictures or little stories on the cards. We just had like numbers mm-hmm. so that we could just kind of go, okay, this would work. And this is, it said captain on it, but it was really just a series of numbers. To see how the patterns would work. Yeah. And then as we were doing that, we were saying, you know what? Behind this complicated pirate game, there's actually kind of a fun and straightforward numbers game. And maybe if we can just kind of play to that instead mm-hmm. of trying to hide it, we have a whole second game here. And I grew up loving math. I loved math and art. Mm-hmm. Those were my two things. Um, I applied when when I went to college. I applied both for illustration and for physics at the same time. I'm, you mentioned that in your TED Talk, yeah. I believe. And that's a topic we'll get to in a little okay. bit because I wanted to ask you about that. And, we, and we've all watched it now. was a, a way to come back to that. Okay. Like, like, I'm like, I've always, we kind of made a list when we got together, uh, me and Ben, of things we wanted to do. And we're like, monsters, zombies, superheroes, pirates. Mm-hmm. And we kind of started going through the list. And I'm like going, I feel like numbers could tie into superheroes. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid and I used to read comic books, I still do, uh, but my thing that I obsessed over was they made this, something called the Marvel Universe Handbook. Okay. And in it, they would give these things, which are ridiculous now as mm. an adult, but they'd explain like Cyclops' optic blasts have the equivalent power of 12 pounds of dynamite per square inch. And I'm like going, yes, that makes sense, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it doesn't. No. Wait, what? <laughs> but I was like, yes, no, numbers, math, I now know. I can yes. compare that to Polaris. Ooh. Oh, Cyclops is more powerful than Polaris because of 12 pounds of dynamite per square inch. Billy, are you familiar with that? (laughs) Yes, I am. I I do know that book. And I I would think similar. I'd try to compare and contrast uh, Uh the different heroes and villains. I I didn't even realize I was on the edge of being OCD on that level. Uh, (laughs) I still do it. (laughs) Because I would go like, okay, it said Ben Grimm can lift 85 tons, She-Hulk can lift 75 tons, but Colossus can lift 70, but it says that he's still expanding with his strength because he's a young man. Oh, I and see. he might become older when he's stronger when he's older. And I would like put all those facts and figures in my heads and someone would say, Well, what would happen if Ben would do this? And I'd be like, Well, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer that uh, question. And then have an intelligent conversation about the, the future of, of people who do not exist. It's awesome. That's but, what it's uh, all about. Uh, uh, and here I'm gonna drag myself back to numbers like I I, I tangent a lot. Oh, um, yeah. you fit in really well with us then. We don't whatsoever. You can be um, a regular on this show just yeah. for that reason only. I, I, I'm back to the concept of I grew up loving math, so Numbers League was a way for uh, me and Ben to kind of create a game that was still focused on fun, focused on superheroes in this mm-hmm. case, but while you play, you're also teaching yourself foundation math. And, right. And by saying I love math, I'm not like, you know, redefining the universe. I'm not doing Einsteinian math. I just, I just enjoy the simple basics of it and i've mm-hmm. always had a, a good time with it and uh, i i think everyone should be i remember everybody didn't like math mm-hmm. when i was a kid and it was like it's like it, it's so important for everything you do all the time and if you can just get past hating it and just learn to like it on some level it'll make so many aspects of your life a thousand times easier. i think i need to invite him into yeah. my classroom no seriously my, my mother <laughs> is come and play numbers league i do i that teach with math <laughs> My mother's a retired school teacher. She taught in the city school district for 37 years. Okay. And so she came over one day and she saw the kids playing Numbers League. And so she asked them to explain it to her and they did. And she looked at me. She goes, wow, this game is the cure for the common core. <laughs> and and she was yeah, and she was really impressed with it. And so and then she sat down. She you know she had my son who at the time I think was like four or five when he you know four five six somewhere in that area. 
uh, and he's the younger of the two. And he was trying to teach his grandmother in, in the way that a f- five-year-old would teach somebody anything. And she's like, oh, this is – and she loved the colors and the pictures and everything. And so, yeah, it was when – it, when, it, when you have an educator of that stature tell, this is this is the good stuff, then I was like, I, I know my friend here did something really, really well. And so we were, we were all about supporting I gave supporting birth her. to a person who loves numbers, who's yeah. always been – She's always been into math. She's always loved it. Right now, she's really into her phone. She's really into her phone at the Teenagers. moment. Teenagers. Um, but uh, she was going. She's in her second year of college. She was going for nursing. She hates. She hated it. Hated mm. it. She just switched majors. She's going for to be an accountant now <laughs> because she's going back to Talk the about math. embracing numbers. That's and amazing. I'll have you tying do my it back taxes. to this building. Yes. We once did a uh, fiberglass sculpture of a bat horse, Batman, except he was a horse. Okay. Uh, that sat in the parking. Well, the the plaza of this building and we did that for Mengel Mesker and Barr who are accountants yeah and and when we had our conversation with them they literally said what we do is kind of boring don't make us a boring horse okay anything's on the table (laughs) and we're like how about Batman but he's a horse and they're like we're in (laughs) (laughs) and those are the horses that were for horses on parade horses on parade parade. that was back in 1999 that's when Kevin and I the guy I make the ferry doors Mm -hmm. first started working together okay we knew each other in college but that's when we first started you know, a business being a team. together. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Those horses are all over the place. And the, the, the fairy doors, is that the blue toucan? Yes. All right. And so that is Kevin and I, we are partnership making, well, technically we still, we, we are an, a design firm, but uh-huh. our design, 95% of it at this point in time is making fairy doors. Gotcha. What are some of the other projects? We've done, Where's uh, the other 5%? Uh, we, uh, right now we actually have somebody's horse. Okay. That they they bought a raw horse and they want us to do a uh, our own sculpture of it. They they're a metal duct company and they want us to kind of make this cool. Well, they they left it up to us, but they want us to somehow incorporate the product. So we're going to make a cool steampunky horse. Cool. So that is a slow burn on, on their end. We've had that horse for a while, so it's like a thing that we're going to do. Wintertime's a good time for that, so maybe coming up soon. So the, the horses on parade, they're still making those? No, this is uh, just as a, an interest to how slow of a burn it is. Uh-huh. She, this woman bought the horse in 1999. Oh wow! Thought. We're going to have somebody do it in-house. That didn't quite work out, but okay. she kept it in the back of her mind. One ah. day she found us at one of our studios when we were in Bay Plaza. Okay. And uh, they came over, and she's like, oh, my God, do you guys do the horses? We said, we did. And she goes, I have a horse. And next thing we knew, she was dropping off a horse with us. So That's amazing. Yeah, so she had hold, a- held on to it for 10 years. That's that yeah. is amazing. More than that. All right, so that's www.bluetoucanstudios.com. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you can find uh, the Blue Toucan Group and the Fairy Doors is backslash uh, pound sign Fairy Doors. Hashtag Fairy Doors. No, no, it's just bluetoucanstudios.com. Okay. All right. That, so just that's at the uh, link. an old Facebook link. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, okay. I don't really do Facebook. I do Instagram. Oh, do you now? Yeah, so uh, we're, <laughs> okay. we're the Fairy Door on Instagram. The Fairy Door on Instagram. All right. So that's but, d- but we have a Facebook page, and it's horribly out of date. And I've just figured <laughs> out how to link my Instagram uh-huh. to my Facebook account, and things will be better. Okay. <laughs> see, so now you can find him on Facebook as well as Instagram, and uh, and you'll see funds a popping at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we didn't realize we have like four Facebooks for, for FC3. There's like the main page, and then, you know, now the – podcast is getting its own the corporation has its own it's like wait what it sneaks the staff the volunteers and it's one of those things like we we established it and then it was that i don't really know how to do this so i just kept on doing what i was doing and then at some point in time someone will contact me and say this link is broken i'm like what link (laughs) (laughs) what link where (laughs) how do i break the internet 
by folding it in on itself. Yeah. So you've got bentcastle.com, bluetoothcanstudios.com. Is there like a, a website that kind of is like the one ring that ties it all together so you can find Blue all these can things? Studios. Blue Bluetooth Can? Yeah, okay. there's, there's links off of that. Okay. And so what other projects are you working on right now? Uh, well, we're talking about doing uh, some murals for one of the city's uh, historic buildings, actually. Really? It's uh, over near um, uh, the South Wedge. There mm-hmm. is a child care center, um, and we're going to be uh, theoretically doing their, – their whole theme is insect-based. Like there's the ladybugs and the, and the mantises and the dragonflies and stuff like that. So we're going to come in and do a bunch of child-friendly um, – uh, insect illustrations for them. Oh, that's going to be cool. But our goal is to actually make them slightly dimensional because that's kind of our thing now. Okay. And to help with that, we just uh, – it's its being shipped to us right now, but we have our first um, laser cutter. We're actually kind of upgrading what we can do this year. Uh-huh. And our winter time is going to be our time of exploration to figure out how to use all these new machines that we've purchased. New toys but to play with. we got our, our first 3D printer – um, uh, our first laser cutter, and we have had a CNC machine for a while. We just haven't had the space to use it. What's what a, is that? Yeah, I was going to say, what's a CNC machine? <laughs> it is a robot-controlled uh, router. Okay. So basically put a router on an XYZ uh, grid, uh-huh. and it slides back and forth, and it can cut down, but it can also move the router head up and down so you can get relief carvings out of things. Oh, that's cool. So a lot of the, if you've ever seen large, fancy signs that mm-hmm. are dimensional but not sculptural not like a large curving shape Uh but like layers of of shapes on top of layers of shapes that was probably done by a cnc machine very very cool go ahead billy turn my microphone back on (laughs) uh strangely enough i've been working at radio station for the last 10 years or so but before that i spent three or four years working on a laser cutting machine. Huh. So maybe I'll know what to do. Maybe I don't know how to use well, the I thing will, anymore. I'll contact but... you guys because um, we literally, like, we're, like, we'll buy it, mm-hmm. and now that we've invested money in it, that's encouragement to learn how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might know how to do something with it. I don't know yet, but just, you know. It'd be worth exploring yeah. just for the fun of it. Yeah. I, was I that, did Chris? for a while. I did computer-aided um, router and lathe in high school. Oh, okay. Our other Chris, that was associate producer Chris, who was tripping over his goatee today. Well, it's funny when we make our uh, when we make our uh, uh, fairy doors. They're these tiny little doors, are nine inches tall uh-huh. um, or smaller, and yet we have a studio that's about seventeen, eighteen hundred square, and half of it is dedicated to these giant woodworking machines. Oh wow! And so we have all of these super manly machines to build, you know, fairy doors. <laughs> <laughs> They're itty bitty teeny tiny tiny so <laughs> That tiny. I mean, they're, they're yeah, good. they're not hand-span. tiny, but they're, yeah, yeah, but, but they're about know. nine to ten Large inches ones. tall. Yeah, nine ten inches. Do you tall. have any furry doors that look like Superman's fortress, a solitude Ooh, door with the one. with the key? I totally could do that. Yeah, he could. He, <laughs> you can customize like, and make your own fairy door. I might and send want him one on. of those. But, like, but even but the, the great, great thing is, I could do oh, it. Have like the one. crystalline frame around it, and then the big. You're talking about like the old DC style yeah, giant with golden the, doors with the, the gold huge, door with key. Yeah, with the big key. And that we'd have to make yeah. a key that could sit on the ground next to it. That was supposed to be like an airplane pointer or something. Yes. Yeah, I, I love the. Con- that was a very clever. That, actually, that's some of the things that I love about old school comics is the the ideas that are ridiculous, but they're so charming. Like 
he's Superman. Mm-hmm. So he builds a giant door with a giant lock in it. And the key just sits on the snow next to the door because he's Superman. Who right. else is going to be able to pick up this door <laughs> yeah. and open it? But the fact that you have to have that moment where he flies down, picks it up, sticks it in the thing, twists Tur- it twist with his it. super strength, and pulls it back out, opens up the door. It's like, oh, thank God he's not in a hurry. And why, didn't he, <laughs> why didn't he just fly through the keyhole? I know. <laughs> The, the simple physics of comic books. But, but yeah, doing a crystalline frame structure and then the big golden door in the middle with all the rivets. Like the old style rivet cycles of Battleship. This is a door that can take a hit from a, from a superhero. That's amazing. Don't mind me over here. I'm shocked. Yeah, you're scrolling away. It's making me a little dizzy, I gotta Sorry. tell you. Stop watching it. No. I'm looking at fairy doors. Yeah. I found one I want. Why don't you... Let's come on over. So we, we don't have enough Chris's in the studio right now. We're at three. I think we need another. Should we change our name to... Chris? Yeah, you, you're, Chris. you're Chris. You're Christopher Rob and, and Christopher Robin. Uh-huh. And, and no, that's Christopher Robin. That's Christopher Zakin. Christopher, Christopher oh, Walken. <laughs> yeah, I'm Christopher Walken because I'll walk in the studio. And there say, you go, I'm yeah. Christopher. <laughs> right. Wow, we've really digressed. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we do. Happen. That's what we're at. What are, what are our best? Is... I'm working. Uh, this is this is like my thing now. I'm collecting Chris's. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, Sherry. <laughs> of all the collections you could have in your life, really, that one's kind of sad. It's still not as bad. I still remember to this day, mm-hmm. seventh grade social studies because they don't call it for history for some reason. Yeah. Um. And it was seven Chris's in a 21-kid room. Oh, wow. my God. And so there, everybody was their first name and their last initial, and I hated it because I was crispy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a year at Red Fair um, that I remember. It seemed like everybody, every other guy's name was Chris. And the big joke that I had was, if you don't know a guy's name, just yell, hey, Chris, and you had a really good chance of this being correct. Turn around. Oh, turn. Um, and a friend of mine, my friend Tyson had come, and he'd brought his roommate who I'd never met before, and I was telling this guy my theory about just yell, hey, Chris. And, and I said, oh, his by name the was way, Chris? I said, oh, by the way, hi, I'm Sherry. And he said, hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> I said, oh, no, no. He's like, no, really, it's Chris. <laughs> well, and and it's, it's one of those things where... Um, like, of course, you know, they say, like, John and Muhammad, most popular names in the universe. But Chris is also Chrissy, Christine, Crystal, Kristen, on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. There's so many people whose names shorten down to Chris. I wonder if it's in contrast, if it's in, if it's a contender for the most popular name. I, I used to thought, think I was just so unique, and then I was told otherwise. Yeah. I'm not. My first year in college, my first, me- my first semester in college, I lived with a Christine and a Kristen. So it was Chris, 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 Chris. and Chrissy. Well, I I made a a cosmic faux pas because you never tell the universe what you won't do. Yeah, exactly. It's a bad idea. So I was like, I'm a Chris. I'll never date a Christine. You know, that just we won't be Chris and Chris. And your wife's name is? Is Tina. Okay, but But it's short for? Justine. Okay. Together we're still Christine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We're still Christina. Christina. (laughs) But that was was something that could possibly happen, is Christine's Uh a very popular name. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad has a cousin uh, whose name is Jan. Mm -hmm. He married a woman named Janice. What are the odds of that? <laughs> See, this is what this podcast is famous for, Chris. We we are right Side down Broadway. T- I'm telling you, we're we're heading down the point. Everything is going great, and then all of a sudden, there's Saks Fifth Avenue, and <laughs> and, and oh look, there, and there's something else. There. Hey, oh, look, then, a horse. Hey, look, a horse. <laughs> oh, look, a chicken. Is oh, it look, a it's a cloud. Is that a cloud in the sky? <laughs> it's not a cloud. It's not a cloud. 
All right, so you've got all this great stuff uh-huh. in your studio. Where is your studio, by the way? We are 510 State Street. It's uh, a collective oh. of artists. We are made on made state. On state. Yeah. And I, you know how I know that building? Mm-hmm. I just, I'm the code enforcement officer for that area. Oh, really? And so I was the inspector who made sure that everything was all in order when that building was finished. Ah, so it's all in order, right? It was okay. for the most part. <laughs> so there's a couple, there's a couple small projects. Slide. Yeah, there's a couple of small projects he's working on. Like, it's not my building, so I want it to be in order. Yeah. Well, yeah. the guy who runs it, Joey's really good. He's good people. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have an issue, just um, let him know. And the owner, uh, Craig Webster, has been yes. great to us. Yeah, I've met whole, Craig on several is, occasions. Actually, we just had our one year anniversary. Okay. That's amazing that I didn't even, like, I probably saw you there, but... <laughs> didn't make the connection. I was like walking through the building so quickly that... Oh, um, well, actually, we came in... Mm-hmm. The, the building had a, had a like, a cold open? Yeah. Uh, in In, uh, yes, uh, in... That's a terrible word. Yes, it is. It very much is. <laughs> Soft open is just a horrible yeah. phrase. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, who... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like in August, I'm a bunch sorry. of people started moving in, and uh, and then we came in because summers are busiest time. We couldn't move in during the summer, and mm-hmm. we came in in October, and then our official opening was November, and the rest of the building kind of went like, yeah, let's do it then. So that's what we claim is our as uh, our one year, mm-hmm. but uh, because we uh, like people been in the building back in August. If you were there in August and before, or mm-hmm. June and before, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have seen me because I would have been busy making fairy doors somewhere else. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah, because I remember the the origami and and the uh, the metal workers, and mm-hmm. there's just a lot going on in that building. It's yeah, it great. Was, it used it to be was... an industrial building. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly. It was a meatpacking plant, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's well, it might have been that at one point in time. It was definitely a uh, welding supply yes, company. Yes, it was that too. Because there's those words are painted on the walls, mm-hmm. and it used to be a part of it. I think it was two or three buildings that grew into each other, mm-hmm. and it was a boat repair because the back loading dock is a place that they used to roll boats in to do repair right. work inside. Yep, I remember that. And, we and then they've converted it back. into almost like an artist conclave at this it point. Really There's is. a lot of artists and crafters, it's, and it's got uh, uh, <coughs> it's got Stephanie who's uh, fired figments. She does fantasy style uh, mm-hmm. pottery. There's us who who do our fairy doors. There's uh, we're kind of co-renting space to a woodworker because we have a bunch of woodworking tools and right. come in. Uh, there's a, f- a professional framer, Allison Nichols, with Creative Design. She does amazing stuff. I'm, yeah, I met her. Uh, Aragami, of course. Yep. Um, yeah, she was one of the first people in. Okay. And there's a yeah. there's a there's a art printer there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a uh, like a, a publicity team that does like videos for websites and mm-hmm. things like that. There's mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a printer, a silk screener, uh, tons of stuff. There's a grad student who's doing her time there just as a, a like an artist studio where she's doing her like oil painting grad work. Yes. I mean, it's just I know exactly where that is too. I remember that person. And there's yeah. also um, Jesse um, who does. Have you ever gone to the seen a circus performance where someone does uh, a spinning performance art with a, a ring, like a giant metal yes. ring? He makes them. He makes That's the rings. Awesome. Yes, he makes the rings. Phenomenal. Awesome. So I he wanted to try that. Yeah, Phenomenal. and and he sometimes gets those guys who buy the rings from him to come in and do demonstrations for us. So, well, right. for people in general, but they're just really cool to see. So that's made on state right made here state. in Rochester, New York. You know, so when people say, "Hey, the city's really boring," just add that to your long list of reasons of how they're wrong, mm-hmm. basically, because that's there's always these little pockets. It's fascinating. It's, and, it's amazing. And, and we're right down in the High Falls area too. We're just uh, State and Smith, right yeah. where State turns into Lake. Right, and, and uh, you've got a Vincent along your border, which is yeah. what J Street kind of turns into Vincent as it arcs around behind your building. Yes, towards uh, towards Lyle. 
So it's, it's there's a triangle, and it's right there. Mm-hmm. And ignore the the monuments, the the the, the headstone production <laughs> facility, which is kind of cool too. It is, but it's morose, but but yeah. still, and it's all right there. It's it there's there's a ton of little pockets in that building. It's amazing. I really I I've enjoyed being in that building whenever I've had a chance. And the the gamers nostalgia is in that building as well. Yes, although I think they have I think just moved out. They did they move are out. Moving the Craig Webster has multiple buildings. Oh yes, he does. And, Especially uh, in that concentrated in that ne- and neighborhood. And I think they moved them to one of the other facilities. But they okay. were there when we first moved in, and they just moved out because I know this because Allie moved from her smaller space mm-hmm. over to where the the gamers used oh, okay. to be. Okay, cool deal. Okay, right up front. Yeah. So you can access her right th- right from State Street itself, right there in the parking area. Very cool. So now you've got all this great stuff, and you've got this great building and this great enclave of, of creative talent all around you. Where where is where is this going? Where where are you taking this next? What's the next uh, big honestly, project? Honestly, uh, for the for the near future, I'm continuing to explore uh, with the fairy doors. I just love doing sculpture. One of the things that I, I think a lot of artists, hopefully a lot of artists, agree with me on this one. I, just, <laughs> I think the 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 raw design aspect is some of the f- most fun that I have when I'm creating anything. Mm-hmm. Like my sketchbooks might not be anything that I can sell, but it's some of the most fun I have making the artwork that I make. Okay. And because the fairy doors are generally small projects with a with a, uh, a an end goal of like producing something that once we make it, it's like there it is. There's my green man. There's my tree. There's my hobbit door. There's my whatever. And it's almost like sketching in three-dimensional sculpture. Okay. So it's that I have an idea for a door and then we make it and then we see how it comes out and then we move on and we make another one. So like it's that constant, I mean eight years later, it's this constant kind of discovery of like, oh, what else can I do? What else can I do? Because uh-huh. cer- certainly some things become like second nature and then you find yourself drifting away from those and looking for something new and exciting to do that you haven't tried and, before. And you have the tools to, to kind of make those explorations happen now. And it, because it's making money for us, mm-hmm. we have the money to buy the tools to start exploring in new areas. New different directions. Whereas like when I'm sitting home sketching, when I was doing card games, mm-hmm. we, were, we were doing fine for, for cash. But also there was no reason to go buy a CNC machine. Mm-hmm. It was like I got my computer and then, you know, what did the money go to? The money went toward buying uh, a, a tablet, uh, a monitor that you could draw on directly. That mm-hmm. helped, you know, get more creative and, and make it more like sketching and, and expand my speed and what I could produce. Mm-hmm. But uh, with this, it's like, okay, we're making these doors. And then we met a guy um, who was a Kodak employee for many years, and he's retired now. And he walked into our studio one day, and he said, these are great. I know all about casting. I could make you make these better and faster, like 10 times faster. And we did what you do when a guy does this. You go, okay. And then you go, we will never see you again. And I am so happy to say we were so horribly wrong. Great. Like literally, he came back and taught us how to do casting. Uh-huh. And suddenly we're like, oh, we never even thought of becoming uh, a resin caster where we make our own molds and we do our own pours. And yet now that is half of what I do when I make fairy doors is I, I make an original. I can make it so complex because I know I'm going to go make a mold off of it okay. and then make multiple copies off of that mold. But I just do it all in-house. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. Really awesome. It's just that fun is stuff. Funny. And it's completely because, once again, connections through connections through mm-hmm. connections. He, This guy, Bob Harmony, was helping a lady who was working with Allie who was doing a framing piece for them. And he said, what's going on back here? Because he's just interested in artists. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we were sharing a space with Allison. And then he's like, oh, this is fascinating. I want to be part of this. Let me show you how I can help you. That's and, it. And unlike, you know, you bump into lots of people who are like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was a put the uh, put the nose to the grindstone kind of guy in, in a very short period of time. 
we were completely changing what we did for for incorporating this new facet to uh, to it. Absolutely, that's awesome. Yeah. and that's one of the things I've learned in the, this journey that we've been on with Flower City Comic Con, and the, now the podcast and everything else that's kind of coming to fruition because of it. Is that is that networking is the key? Mm. You know, stronger together, as as some phrases have gone, and finding these people that suddenly can add new insight and or bring it in a different direction. And I, I, so I understand just how valuable that can be, and that's oh, that's awesome. And by the way, I have to thank you for last year, uh, the Flower City. Uh-huh. My wife, we we are huge Babylon Five fans. Okay, but my wife particularly. Is a huge Scarecrow and Mrs. King fan. Oh, so, so we killed two birds with one stone. Fox Lightner there yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> so she actually, we've we've never actually gotten the signed autographs before, but uh-huh. she's like, no, have to, and uh, <laughs> and she she got him to say, um, uh, uh, she wrote he wrote on it, Delen or sorry, uh, uh, Amanda. Delenn must never know. <laughs> Which, if you know your shows, I yes. guess. Yeah. you got to know your shows. That's phenomenal. Yes, that so. is that's good stuff right there. And now, are you're you're big on the convention circuit? You you go yeah, to we a, do a uh, geez, we do like 30, 32 shows a year. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. You haven't got, been you haven't have been with us directly yet. Up, like well, after this podcast right. is aired. But, yes. But uh, we basically do shows all the way up until like the week before Christmas. Okay. Then we have about three months off because no one wants to buy anything from the end of December <laughs> to the beginning of April. For some strange yeah. reason. Yeah. And uh, and then we're right back into it. And during the summer, uh, between June and September, mm-hmm. there's theoretically only like 14 weekends. And yet we do, I think, 20 shows over the course of those 14 <laughs> weekends. Well, yeah, you, you, remember you and I talking about the logistics of it, how you're able to kind of split the resources yes. and make sure you can be in two places at once Thank and whatnot. Thank goodness for having a partner. That's well, it. Because I see that the weekend of the 17th through the 19th, you're both at the museum and Rochester Museum and Science Center and the Strong Museum of Play. You've got two shows that same weekend. Yeah, exactly. And uh, during the summer, it just gets like that, but times two. And that's where <laughs> having a good team comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um do you want to brush on uh, Joey and Johnny a little bit? Sure. Talk um, about Joey and, Joey and Johnny? Uh, about, jeez, uh, f- I guess four years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin and I started uh, writing. Uh, we were just exploring ideas for other things that we could do. And uh, one of them was uh, trying out writing for books, and it was children's books. Kevin had written a children's book previously, mm-hmm. like right when he got out of college kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I had been doing the the gaming right when I got out of college, so we kind of had like you know the games are aimed at kids, but they're they're child friendly. The artwork was certainly child friendly right. in, in the in the thing. We're kind of talking about what we could do, and from this this uh, came the idea of this Joey and Johnny. Uh, it mm-hmm. was a, a like you know how you create things when you're a little kid. Kevin actually created these characters when he was like a little kid. Okay. And then we basically took that as a starting point and expanded outward from there where, you know, what we wound up with was very different from obviously an idea he had when he was nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wound up getting a, a publisher and we got an agent and a publisher and we made a couple of books. Uh, they're uh, funny. They're adventure. They're novels, actually. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, 50, 60,000 words. So they're, okay. they're not like for, you know, a, a non-reader. Uh, and then, but they're also heavily illustrated, kind of focusing on kind of a wacky world where kind of anything that you'd believe could happen when you were nine all does happen. Mm-hmm. There's superheroes, there's monsters, there's ninjas, there's uh, robots, there's rival ninja 
well, gangs that try and stop them. I got I got the tenor of what the books must be like from the review that was written by you and Kevin. I'm gonna I'm gonna if okay. we, I'm gonna just kind of dutch this real quick a little bit. Sherry put it in front of me, and I just I got a kick out of reading just the review alone. What's yeah? I'm looking right. Oh, it was reviewed by. Benjamin Bosch. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah, that one might not have been. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't try and review. You didn't our, rate it. Okay. I wrote, <laughs> I, we wrote the back copy on the back of the book, but we didn't I write the reviews. Don't claim to be the brightest person okay. in the world. That's why he yeah. has me. Okay. That's why I have Sherry on board and Tanya <laughs> right, right next door. My book is fabulous. <laughs> says me. It's awesome. So anyway. So yeah. Benjamin Bosch on May 12th of 2015 wrote the following: If you're reading this review, it's because you're like most kids and adults, if we're being honest. And you have a secret desire to be a ninja. Aren't we all? You've already mastered the art of sneaking around your home, grocery store, or school without being seen. You wear black all the time, not just because it's in fashion, but because you can conceal yourself in the shadows at a moment's notice. You have ceased using your real name a long time ago and instead refer to yourself by your ninja name like Master Lotus or Dragon King or Swinging Blade. In fact, some of you may even be full-fledged ninjas and want to make sure that Joey and Johnny, the ninjas, get mooned. Accurately re- represents the ninja lifestyle without giving away any trade secrets. I read that. I'm like, I'm. I gotta Sold. read this book now. This is it. We that own looks, this book. That's, all <laughs> that's it. We own this book. Well, thank you. <laughs> you do. Okay. Yes, we do. And and so it just just the, the the review captures the and that's the, the, the first feel. time I heard the review. So really? I'm very pleased to hear that. There yes. you go. Okay. Yeah. See, and uh, and and it goes on. It's very very complimentary. Uh, the, so this is definitely a book. First interest- book, by the way, mm-hmm. is I know they released it in audio form as oh, well. Yeah? You can get it on Audible. I bought it. I bought my own book on Audible. So now, <laughs> did you did you read it or just somebody? Do you have a voice actor? We offered to, uh-huh. and they went, mm, no, thank you. We'll get a professional. There's right in the heart. No, I was. That was good, honestly, because I actually read. There were a couple bits where they 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 contacted us and said. Uh, do you have thoughts of character pronunciation? Uh, there's a couple bits like there's uh, some in the first book. There's some old style uh, when you used to read comic books. There'd be the things telling you how you have to become like a kick butt karate master mm-hmm. and learn the death punch and this and that and the other yeah. thing. And I went, I loved those and I, I believed in them. Uh, and they're always for a pamphlet that was like eight pages long. Like oh, that's all you need—eight so eight pages, pages of practice can teach you to kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> and so with your finger. And the whole point in the first book is there's a group called the Red Moon, who's a rival gang, and they are the Walmart of ninjas. No okay. offense to Walmart, but you know they're not known for their ninjas. Um, <laughs> and uh, and there's a sense I never thought I would ever hear. And everything they do is is based on these silly, goofy comic book. Like become a super badass without trying, kind right. of thing, and that's from that. I, there's a certain tone that I wanted when I had to read those. Mm-hmm. So they actually said like, "Hey, what do you want to do for this?" And so I read it like a like a 1920s kind of like newspaper journalist, you know, da 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 da, just bolting it out. And it was fun because I got to record that on my on my iPhone, nothing professional setup, and then send it over to the voice actor as like kinda like this. And then I also got to do voices for different characters like he kinda sounds like this or back and forth with that sort of thing. But I tell you, after twenty minutes of recording and messing up one little word mm-hmm. and then going back and having to re record, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, ooh, I am so glad that they went with a professional instead of us because it was <laughs> it's just a different like, insight. It's not just reading like I just did. Like I'll do two two pages a day and it'd be like the rest of my life trying to get this thing recorded. Yeah. Okay. And and there were two two books. Yeah. Two books? And maybe when there's time there will be, you know, more writing in the future. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed writing. Okay. Uh 
But um, uh, just for all you aspiring writers, it's not all J.K. Rowling. No. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of work and not a ton of pay. And, yeah. uh, and it's hard. It it's is. super hard. I've been and working on the same book for 12 years now, yeah. and I think I've gotten three chapters written. There you go. <laughs> I didn't I had Dr. Five... Seuss was that hard to <laughs> well, stop. <laughs> no, I'm writing, Goober. Oh. Oi. Rob. I don't hear from you for like a half an hour, and then you pipe up with that. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. So, <laughs> and I missed but, it. But like anything, uh, ideas inspire other ideas. Okay. You know, Absolutely. So, you know. And that's always the, the key is to keep that evolution moving. Um, I want to wrap up with... We all watched your TED Talk. Mm. How did that come about? How did you get an opportunity to, to, to get involved with that? Through uh, The connection was made through Larry at, uh, at Aragami. Okay. Uh, he was doing a TED Talk, and they were kind of going to him, like, what other creative people do you know? And Larry and I knew each other, and he's like, well, why don't you give this guy a call? He, he does this superhero game, and mm-hmm. he's not afraid of speaking in front of people. So, there you go. Um and so I kind of came in. They said, well, this is what we're doing. How do you think what you do is relevant to that? And I kind of gave a pitch, and they're like, yeah. You're like, you know, the co- whole concept of that first spark. Right. That first spark of of what gets you an idea that winds up leading somewhere. Not being so rigid, of course, that, mm-hmm. like like I said, I was eight. I knew I wanted to be an artist. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know. At the time, I was going to be a comic book artist. But even then, I was, like, totally just, like, I'm going to do art. Mm-hmm. And, and uh And... Uh, it wound up being like, well, actually, right out of college, I did a, a role-playing game, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of went nowhere, but it was a fun experience. And then uh, I started doing graphic design for a company because it paid the bills and okay. let me be like an adult. And then that's I, I went from that right into doing uh, the my own game company. So it's that thing where as long as I was doing art, I was kind of pushing in the right direction and enjoying what I was doing. And mm-hmm. then if it got stagnant, that's when I would shift mm-hmm. because it's like, nope. Art is all about exploration. All Art is all about learning what I can do and finding new things that I can do and exploring mm-hmm. new ways about, you know, when I say things I feel about the world, it, mm-hmm. it's not even meant to be deep. I mean, I, we, we made books about ninjas and I make fairy doors. These are not super deep things, but they are creative explorations exactly. in, in my existence on this plane. Phenomenal. You know? And, I, and like I said, we all enjoyed it. Everybody on the, on the panel who watched oh, it, we were all well, we we're talking about it. And you know, the relation to you know your references to Thor, and and then did, eventually, did, did you guys actually get to see it? Yeah. Did they? I didn't. I ha, it's been a long time since I saw it. I saw it once when it came out, but I find it hard to listen or watch myself. Okay. Um, I know what you mean. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I made all these. Like I was talking about the Norse gods in that one, mm-hmm. and uh, so I made all of these things. Uh, I made all the graphics for that mm-hmm. myself, and. Uh, and so I, I made these what I call Hello Kitty versions of the Norse gods. I absolutely love them. If I can ever find a way to use them in a project in the future, I'm totally using them. <laughs> like I'll do, I'll do all of the various pantheons that I knew. Well, Egyptian and Greek. I want to see those on, so bad. <laughs> it would be perfect on a fairy door, you know, with maybe the entrance to Asgard. Mm. Or perhaps. Uh, so the Bifrost fairy door? Yeah. We, perhaps <laughs> the pyramids. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you could just take every mythology and put something, you know, do like the Greeks by. Mount Olympus or the Pantheon, if you wanted to. And and the one that I always love is every time you make a strong, and this is a true thing with art, every time you make a strong idea about what you're doing, I love when you make it and you put it out there and then someone interprets it in an entirely different way. Because the second right. you said, you could make a pyramid, I was like, yes, I could make a pyramid. And people were like, I love this Zelda door. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whoops. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, you do. Like, yes, 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 you do. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's well, exactly. Actually, uh, 
we made a, a, a raven door. And specifically, it was kind of like Edgar Allan Poe. We made it around Halloween time. It's a cool raven that we just made that we could put on a fairy door. And the number of people come up to us and say, oh, it's a Woden door. And we're like, yes, it is. That's <laughs> exactly. You betcha. You got it, friend. That's exactly. Oh, somebody sees a TARDIS. Oh, look, it's the Get Smart phone booth. Wait, no. <laughs> well, we actually learned about a band that for a while was my, my son's favorite band. You still like them, um, as far as I can tell. Uh, <laughs> what, what band is this? But we were making steampunk animals. So okay. we made steampunk bunnies, steampunk this, steampunk that, and we made a steampunk giraffe. And someone came by and went, you're fans too! And we were like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, you got to check them out. And we yeah. did. And they're a really fun band. Yes. Steampunk yes. Giraffe Steampunk is a band name. Yes. Wow. Okay. Check out their cover I'll, I'll of Diamonds. Okay. Because yes. we have a Steampunk episode coming up soon that we're going to be recording. Yes. So I'm yes. looking forward check to their, anything. Check out their cover of Diamonds, I believe, is okay. the, the song. What was your favorite song by Steampunk Giraffe? Probably that one. Probably that one. There's okay, a, so Diamonds by Steampunk Giraffe. Very fun stuff. Very cool. All right. Chris Palace has been in the house with us today. Thank you very much, Chris, for your time. And we're looking forward to all sorts of creations. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. And uh, especially because we found out through your, your love of tangents that you do fit in well with us. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Are we playing our out cue? Yes. Uh, is it happening? That's yes, awesome. Yes, And this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con. Coming at you June 9th and 10th of 2018 at the Floriano Rochester Riverside Convention center find us on facebook find us on patreon now fc3roc and we're looking forward to hearing from you guys and seeing y'all next week thank you